today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, decision day in Georgia. Senate majority at stake. Two Senate seats are open there, which is why we're seeing so much of this uh, presidential election just continue on right into January. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, trying to find any possible way to uh, to, to change the direction uh, that this has already gone, that being the election awarded to uh, Joe Biden and is continuing to pull uh, different options uh, out of his hat. Uh, however, recently was caught talking with in a phone call with the Georgia Secretary of State trying to, uh, well, asking him to, to find another 11,000 and some odd votes to, to make Trump the winner in uh, in Georgia. Here's a sample of that phone call, which has caused a lot of controversy. You should want to have an accurate election. And you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have, not even close. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, uh, that you've recalculated. Well, Mr. President, the challenge that you have is the data you have is wrong. We hear they're shredding thousands and thousands of ballots. Uh, and now what they're saying, oh, we're just cleaning up the office. You know, I don't think that plays. Well, Mr. President, the problem that uh, you have with social media, they can, people can say anything. No, I, no, this isn't social media. This is Trump media. It's pretty clear that we won. We won very substantially, uh, Georgia. Uh, you even see it by rally size, frankly. All right. Uh, I, I think that is proof that uh, the former president of the United States, the current president of the United States, has lost it. Let's bring in Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. He is with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you, Scott, although I have to say it feels like the last year is just washed over into this year. Yeah, exactly. Just like the days of the week, now in the months, now it's the year. Uh, I know, I know, Elliot, we should not be surprised by anything that comes out of the mouth of Donald Trump uh, if we've learned anything over the last few years. But what is your reaction to this phone call and, and what has happened? And, and especially with the point that a president doesn't normally call a politician at this level, does he? No, this has been... Uh one of the small components of the bigger picture that's been pointed out that no a president wouldn't normally be talking to other, anybody other than the governor. The, um, there's so many ways to come at this. Uh, the big picture, of course, is that the president of the United States is leading a concerted, um, highly energized and widespread effort to deny what 50 states have now certified uh, that uh, the Electoral uh, College has now you know, met and its, its determination, and th- these, these are not contested anymore. It was certified and sent in, and, and it's over. But he is quite clearly determined to not accept uh, the usual electoral practices of America, and we should not... I don't know how to put this. We should not sit back and say, oh, well, we've gotten used to this over four years. This is just Trump being Trump. Let him blow. Uh, his t- he's almost out of office. We have to humor him along. Uh, give him what he wants. Let him get the recounts. But he's lost, and he'll just have to come to terms with that. That's not satisfactory uh, enough of a response 
when we have the sitting president not only breaking norms, after all, he was elected to, uh, to break norms, but to really violate all of the standing procedures of how America works. It's, it's a phenomenon happening before our eyes in our era. Is this about, at this point, is this about the past presidential election and claiming it's a fraud, or is this about trying to protect the Senate because those two Senate seats in Georgia today will determine the balance of power in the Senate? Well, it depends what the it is. In terms of the President of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, this is he apparently believes he can still hold on to power one way or another, uh, he has just said, look, you didn't count the ballots correctly. The ballots were counted uh, by machine. It was recounted three times. Biden said, I won Georgia three times. So yeah, <laughs> the, he is quite determined. And by the way, even if uh, Georgia did somehow or another get its Electoral College votes, votes return, overturned, he would still lose the Electoral College. And he still would have lost the popular vote by a substantial amount, by millions about 8 million now. So what we have is a, an extraordinary phenomenon going on in front of our eyes. The question now of what was the purpose of that, was it to preserve the Senate? Uh, that may be at stake related to that call, but that call was not at all aimed at preserving the majority uh, in the Senate. Mm-hmm. It was not about saving the two Senate seats, the two Republican seats. It was entirely about his election. Uh, many thought that he, and, and I feel silly even saying this, changed his tone after the election and tried to protect his legacy. How will he be remembered? What will be the legacy here? Well, there's, there's, we probably should stay on Georgia a bit to come back to it. Yeah. His legacy is still being written in front of us. He is still the president of the United States. This is how he's currently behaving. Uh, assuming that the Electoral College uh, will be... <laughs> confirmed tomorrow, or actually it won't be tomorrow, it'll certainly go over another day or two, he's still the president, he still has commands of the nuclear codes. How he wants to go down in history is he successfully was re-elected, and he's a two-term president. We aren't sure what his game is here, apart from the determination to stay in power, a pure, raw determination to stay in power by any means. The any means, after he loses in the Electoral College, which is going to happen tomorrow or the day after, uh, there's still concern that, you know, he's being urged by General Flynn to use the Insurrection Act to foment violence in the street and then to declare the election uh, void because uh, the military has to step in. So there's still concern Could we about see that. that, though? Could we honestly see that, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, dumb question. What, what have you and I just been talking about? I know, we exactly. honestly see. So I, know. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think the military will have... Uh, we know that 10 former secretaries of defense have made their position known on this uh, and so forth. So I know the military has made its, uh, its own view clear. However, he is still the president. He still has all the powers of the presidency. I think what's going on right now is that he is trying to preserve his options after he leaves the presidency. Uh, he, first of all, probably does think that he has a shot at staying in. But assuming he has come to accept that, he doesn't. His plan B is to preserve all of his options uh, after the presidency. Uh, we we don't know where his legal plans, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of legal problems. We don't know about his financial problems. He wants to hold open the possibility of, of running again in 2024. I think he'll freeze that field 
until very late in the game. We don't know what his plans are, except, I think, to give himself the maximum flexibility possible after he is forced out of office. He was talking at his rally uh, the other day, yesterday, about the vice president and how he was expecting the vice president to help him. What can the vice president do for him now? The vice president can uh, follow the procedures of the Senate and do so with a very grim uh, uh, jutting jaw. I don't know if you happen to watch. Uh, we just were talking about the president's uh, phone call, but he was also campaigning in Georgia, North Georgia, mm-hmm. and preceded him slightly was Vice President Pence. And both of them were there, both of them giving red meat to the base. Uh, so the vice president is uh, the putative next leader of the Republican Party and the leading candidate to be uh, succeeding Donald Trump in his own mind. That is, he's the sitting vice president. He should inherit the Trump mantle. But a lot of what we see right now, to, and we'll come back to your question, what we're seeing right now is that Republicans are making up their own minds how best to deal with the Trump legacy. Many of them are saying, no matter what, I'm, I'm on the Trump train. You'll see that tomorrow with uh, the 13 senators now and the 100 or so members of Congress. But then there's very important people on the other side who are saying, we're not going along with this. Pence is caught in the middle on this. He really doesn't have any constitutional authority to do what the president expects him to do, which is to disavow the Electoral College votes as they are handed to him, because his job is to open the, the, the certified count from the states. Fifty states have certified what they've, uh, how their, their state went, and that, of course, would automatically give Joe Biden the presidency. Mm-hmm. But he can go along with those who are challenging it and look very fierce about it, He's trying to walk the middle path and say, yes, this has to be aired. So now we are going to permit these 13 challenges, the 13 senators and 100 House uh, people. We don't know how many challengers there will be, but at least two, maybe three, maybe six. So this, we will not have the Electoral College results for another day or two or three. But Mike Pence has to somehow convince the Trump base that he has fulfilled what Trump wants, that is, all of these contested challenges will be given a fair, a fair chance. But uh, yet, on the other hand, he has to state the Constitution. He has no constitutional authority to, to overthrow, nor does Congress, to overthrow the Electoral College. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. We remember uh, when the tables were turned uh, last election, when Vice President, uh, then Vice President Biden, declared that Donald Trump was the winner. So is that what we're expecting to happen here? Ultimately, assuming my because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Elliot, um, does Pence not have to stand up and say the next president of the United States is Joe Biden? Yes, unless he chooses to absent himself and Chuck Grassley, as president pro tem, uh, performs that duty. Yes, uh, he will ultimately have to perform that duty. But how he performs it will help determine where he stands in this struggle for power to lead the Republican Party going forward, assuming Donald Trump does not run again. So what do you anticipate, what do you see happening through the rest of the week? Obviously, uh, there's Washington demos planned. Uh, there's the, the rallies that we had in Georgia. Where, where do you see this going in the next couple of days? Well, let's start with Georgia. Uh, we aren't sure uh, 
how that's going to come out. And by sure raw arithmetic, the Republicans should should win both of those seats. Therefore, right. Mitch McConnell should, should stay in full command of the Senate, in which case Joe Biden's uh, leg- his achievements uh, as a president are going to be sharply curtailed. He'll have to... Uh, He'll have to deal with the majority of Republicans, but we aren't sure. We'll have to wait for that. So going forward, uh, we'll have to see how Georgia turns out. We won't know that till the, that until after Friday, because the military and absent overseas votes are yet to be counted. In Washington tomorrow, there's going to be major rallies by the Proud Boys and others, because they've been called to the streets by the President of the United States to stop the steal. There will be counter. Uh, protests. So how much violence we're going to see tomorrow, just in the immediate future, uh, we don't know. I don't imagine that it's going to be enough to uh, to create enough chaos that could lead to any further actions, but it's a possibility. After that, uh, the President of the United States still has commands, as I say, of the nuclear codes. He still can command all the armed forces. Uh, he can still... Uh, we have to watch for Iran. Iran had better be very careful right now because it is the anniversary of the assassination of their general, and, and uh, if they aren't careful, they will create a cause, of, uh, a pretext for America to act, and that could change who knows what. But the bottom line is that Donald Trump should be departing, will depart from office on January 20th at noon, and Joe Biden will be sworn in, and Kamala Harris. What happens after that? Everybody's talked about the the huge chore that those two have to try to bring this divisive, this divided nation back together. But you know, Elliot, we listened to that clip of 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 Donald Trump, and and man, even if you don't know much about politics, you've just got to shake your head. However, there are many people out there that believe exactly the same way that Donald Trump does. And even though you try to explain logic, such as the uh, such as Joe Biden did, and said, well. You know, we've counted Georgia three times already, and nothing has changed. So what needs to be looked at? What needs to be overturned? Donald Trump just continues to babble. Unfortunately, his followers feel the same way. Many of them apparently do. And he did get more votes than any Republican uh, leader in history. Any, any candidate, any sitting president running for re-election by 10 million or so. He, he is... To the degree he can maintain his grip over the base, he maintains he maintains viability within the Republican Party to determine where that party goes. So one of the possibilities is that the Republican Party will, in fact, uh, divide. So one of the possibilities is that there are people who say, well, we're real Republicans. We're not Trump Republicans. We want the party to stand for something. There's already been mention of whatever happened to the Whig Party. That was the one that preceded the emergence of the Republican Party. And it disappeared. It was the, one of the major parties in America up until, the, uh, until Abraham Lincoln created the Republican Party. So we don't know where all of this is going. My big takeaway of all of this, Scott, is that uh, democracies are in disarray, that Joe Biden is going to be sharply circumscribed no matter how this works out and what he can accomplish. He will have opposition, perhaps obstructionism. He does not have a, a strong hand that he can play overseas, uh, which is he's uh, unusually well-equipped to deal with the overseas situation. So America is going to be struggling with its own democracy, just as the U.K. has pulled out from the E.U., and the E.U. is is uh, struggling with where they're going to go. So uh, 
the supporters of democracy, uh, the two two big ones in the world, the U.S. and the EU-UK nexus, they're under stress right now. So I think for the, for the I'm sorry to be pessimistic. I wanted to end on an optimistic note, but the the reality is that going forward, uh, the stress test on democracy is very severe right now, and it will take uh, a lot of time, I think, to to see how this is going to turn out. Will Americans regain confidence in their institutions? Uh, you know, Donald Trump came to came to power, started calling everybody fake, started questioning the FBI, all of these different uh, institutions within uh, the United States. Uh, obviously, the same attitude with uh, with its with our allies and 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 more focus and, and positivity around uh, past enemies. Will Americans regain confidence in these institutions? These institutions that are incredibly well were incredibly strong up until now. Yes, one of the ways to look at this is that the constitutional order in America is persevering it's it's passing its test that the constitutional processes as severely stressed as they have been and are, are and still are today and tomorrow uh they are passing this the 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 changing of the guard will happen a new president will come in the 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 underlying structures of america have remained unchanged you know the federalist system is still working the courts are still working um, but the the erosion of trust the deconstruction of trust is uh, something that's going to be very difficult to deal with. An empirical question has been, and it's and it's you can only answer this by watching, is once Trump leaves, and he no longer really commands the center, he will lose his Twitter account for one thing, uh, his presidential Twitter account. Will all this kind of, as he would say himself, will this all just evaporate and go away in the spring? Yeah. That is, will will the kind of atmosphere we have we see around us today in the U.S. And elsewhere, because populism, remember, of the right and the left, are, it's, it's not confined just to uh, to America. It's also a phenomenon in Europe and around the, in Asia as well. We've got the rise of China saying we have an authoritarian government, and boy, it works so much better than these decayed democracies. Hmm. We will have to see how America does react. Remember, it has come back over and over and over again, uh, including we just talked about Abraham Lincoln. They, they had a civil war. Uh, they, yeah. This was hmm. a country that actually fought itself, and if much more recently, people listening may still remember McCarthyism and then Vietnam yeah. and all of the assassinations. All of that's in recent and modern times, and yet America has persevered and come back. A lot of it also depends on how the economy works, and we haven't even mentioned the word COVID, which is a big conditioning factor going forward. America has to get a much better handle on how on its uh, COVID crisis in order to get a better handle on its economic crisis in order to then deal with its social justice crisis. And then the whole question of uh, the revival of trust becomes uh, a, a, much, um, a much more certain and feasible project. Always fascinating. Elliot Tepper has been with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. Elliot, thank you so much for the time. Always appreciated. Be well. Yes, and I'd like to end, as we did last time we chatted with, for 2021, be optimistic, uh, and let's, I think it's an attitude that we need right now. Thank you so much, Elliot. Be well. Take care, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.